Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. I'm Joey Christopoulos with my co-host, Corey Wooten. We have an absolutely fantastic exclusive guest coming up. But first, we got to talk about our presenting sponsor. And who else is it? It's BetOnline.ag. And look, college basketball is in full swing. College football is coming to the end. But you still have the NFL. You got the NHL, the NBA. So what better place to get your live betting action and contest than BetOnline.ag? They got everything and every sport available at your fingertips, both on the desktop and the mobile access at any time. So what are you waiting for? Sign up today. You get on there. Use the promo code BELIEVE. And only when you use the promo code believe b-l-e-a-v for a 50 percent wonka bonus on your first deposit that is only a bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming to the pod whether you're listening on sirius xm spotify wherever you get your podcast with the believe network or watching on sports talk chicago we got a great guest but first we gotta say hi, my co-host he's a man himself former bears defensive end former northwestern five at five northwestern standout and west end golf club's very own it's cool Wooten with Corey. Hey, what's go what's going on, Joey? Man, uh, another great week, right? Football. Justin Fields is back. We get we get to see what he can do against a good Detroit team. So I'm looking forward to this week, right? I think everybody's looking forward to this. This bear season's been so up and down, but I think there's a lot that that a lot of these players are playing for at this point for the future. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see. And who better to talk about it than our first-time guest here on today? I'm so excited to have him because, because this guy for the last two decades has been one of the most impactful voices in Chicago sports. You can listen to him daily from 2 to 6 Central on the Waddle and Sylvie show with America's sweetheart, Tom Waddle, or listen to it on the podcast out in California like I do on the daily. Um, I've also really greatly enjoyed his written work this year for Bears Infider, Insider. He is Sylvie Strong. We're honored to have him on the show. It's Mark Silverman. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you today? Guys, it's a pleasure. Um Excited to talk some bears. Yeah, let's dive right in. I'm going to tee it up, and then uh, and then Corey, uh, we're going to let Mark go first, and then you're going to jump right in on this one. So right here on Believe in Bears, we've been talking about this as kind of like a rebirth. This is kind of week in week one in a weird way, and we are super excited because a three and seven team. How does that happen? But Khalil Herbert, full participant today. We're going to have a running back room that's healthy. The offensive line that was penciled in during training camp is expected to play in the first snaps of this whole season. And you've got Justin Fields coming back. So, you know, Mark, just tee us off here. Get us started here. You know, what do you expect for these next seven games? And are you kind of treating it like this? Is this is a whole kind of new season to evaluate Justin Fields and the Bears? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's and evaluate everyone, really. Um and let's hope that this opening day goes better than the first opening day against the Green Bay Packers <laughs> when we had the optimism going into that game, right? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is what we've got now. Um, there's a huge decision coming up. Currently, the Bears hold the number one overall draft pick. And like what I always tell people, and a lot of people get it twisted where they think, I want Justin Fields gone. I don't. I've always said that the reason why you have this expiration date at the end of the year is because you are you have the number one pick or the two pick, whatever Carolina's going to pick is going to be, and you have a decision to make with this great quarterback class. If you didn't have this number one or number two pick, whatever it's going to be, you would probably go into year four with Justin Fields and just continue to let him grow. But I think now we have to speed up to get the answer. We have got to know if this is somebody that we ha we're going to live with for the next year or two and, and can he continue to make strides. And Washington was good. Denver was pretty good. 
Um, the Vikings' start wasn't good, and we need to see him clean up some of the things in these next seven games. And why not against Detroit, a, a really good team, but a team that, as you guys know, you can score against. They haven't gotten home on the pass rush, and Justin Herbert just put up points. So let's see Fields go in there with that healthy offensive line, Joey, that you mentioned. A good running game, um, uh, wide receivers who who are, who can get open. So let's see if they can keep pace, pace with this really good Ben Johnson offense. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited for this week and, and Sylvia. A big thing for me, whatever quarterback was out there, whether it was Justin Fields or Bajent, I just feel like the play calling had been awful from from Luke Getzey, with the exception of the Denver game. The Washington game was probably his best. And then the, the Raiders game, I thought he called a great game. He had a great game plan, mix and match the run and, and pass. And especially with Bajan being in there in his first game, he really took the pressure off him. And then the following week after that, it goes on a big stage, Sunday night football. And what does he do? He has him air the ball out 40 plus times. So I'm kind of just scratching my head. And I'm just wondering, like, in this quarterback situation, I don't if if Josh Allen or any other quarterback that that's been successful in the league, if they're in this system, would they be playing well? That's what I'm asking myself at times because I think the the scheme and play calling has handcuffed both quarterbacks at times. So I think we don't get a chance to get a full picture, and I think that's the that's the most frustrating part because everybody had such high hopes and expectations for this offense, and it's failed miserably, right? Because we thought. We have our franchise quarterback. We have all these weapons. We've kind of solidified, you know, an offensive uh, tackle in, in Darnell Wright. We got Davis. Tevin Jenkins is back for another year. And then all of a sudden, some injuries here and there, bad play calling. And it, it almost seems like up to this point, it's kind of been a waste of a season, in, in a sense, especially offensively. So it's kind of – I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts about what you what you thought game plan-wise with Luke Getze and company. Well, I think a lot of the points are valid. Um, you know, you as a former player and, and me who's covered this team now for 25 years, I, I don't know if I could really name any play callers the Bears have had that were beloved. Like, I think maybe the closest that we got was Ron Turner, you know, the first time with Wani and, and still the second time he was okay. But, like, I, I think as we go, go through Bears history – like whether it was Mike Tice, whether uh, Mike John Shoup, John Shoup was always everyone's favorite. I once took John Shoup to a Bulls game uh, and we sat in the suite together uh, when I was a reporter. Like there are so many Terry Shea was Lovey's first. He got fired after his first year. And and the point is like, I just think that the the OC is always going to get second guessed. But I think a lot of it is fair what you bring up. I also think it's fair to say that what Justin had to do is what I've called, you know, snap gymnastics, that no quarterback should ever have to do gymnastics when the the snap come, the shotgun snap is being delivered. Like Cody Whitehair's snapping was ridiculous. It's hard enough for Justin have to uh, figure out what's going on where, where not everyone's healthy on the offensive line. Um, how am I going to score? I've got the pass rush uh, coming in my face, but now I've got to worry, is the football actually going to be where it's supposed to be? Or is it going to be down at my shoes? Is it going to be up over my head? And, but all that being said, Corey, I still go to 
is Fields being the solution enough? And what I need to see for me with with all and I I come at it. I am someone who just wants the quarterback to be great. And I learned from the from Cuddy. Uh, did you did you played with Cuddy, didn't you? Yeah, yeah three three or four all four years with him. Yeah. So so I learned from Cuddy because I was there were times where I protected him. We had cut Cutler's show and Waddle even longer than me. And then when McCown came in and started to do some stuff, I'm like, hmm, why does McCown, the journeyman, make it look just as good, if not better? It shouldn't be this way. And I'm like, damn, I kind of, I, I, I was too biased to Jay wanting Jay to get it right. So I'm just looking at this, not as a, a Justin fan, not as a wanting to draft a quarterback fan, I just want the Bears to get it right. So my point of all this is to say he needs to be more of a solution. Justin, with all the stuff, even though the wind may be in his face, even though Getze may not be long for the job, even though the snaps has sucked, even though the offensive line hasn't been totally healthy, I still need, if Justin Fields is going to be the answer, he really needs to be the answer and and be more of a solution guy than he's been in the past. Does that make sense? So, yeah. So, so Mark, my, my follow-up question to that is a little bit of a broad angle of, you know, what does that look like now? You've said you've been covering the team for 25 years. And one of my, one of my dreams as a Chicago bears fan is that one day a reporter comes back and comes onto your show and goes, Hey, how did the quarterback look in training camp? And the guy goes, he looked damn good because I remember you know, one of my favorite journalists of all time, Jeff Dickerson, he'd come on and be like, how's the new guy look at training camp? And it'd be a little, eh, 2019 Trubisky, he's going to take off Maserati Mitch. How does he look in training camp? Eh, I, even I remember you, you reported on the air this year that you saw some up and down from Justin in training camp. Um, and that is my dream as a Bears fan. So over these last seven games, Mark, you know, what does it look like for you to at least have Justin Fields make a case that he can remain the face of the franchise? Is it stats? Is it situation? Is it wins? Is it the combo platter? What is it for you? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a good uh, JD impersonation too. So they got to tie. Not looking so guys. good. Yeah. Yeah. Guys. Um, not looking so good. Um, and my dream is, and I always say it on the air that I, I, and I've gotten everything as a Chicago sports fan. I've seen the Bulls win titles. I've seen the Hawks win three recently. Finally got my Cubs to win championships i did i was around for the 85 super bowl here um i've gotten to see everything the white Sox, even though i'm not a white Sox fan the one thing i've never seen is uh in this town a quarterback who's beloved by everybody you know and and that's like so going to what you said joey about when we say he's great that Corey loves him i love him joey loves him all all the fans listening to the pod loves him and we're not arguing, is he the guy or is he not the guy that we're like, we got the guy, let's argue about some other stuff. And we we finally can rally around that guy. But, okay, so here's what I listed as to what I want to see. I want to see more on time. I want to see somebody who goes through his progressions, one, two, three, four. I want to see someone who doesn't take as many sacks. You know, the one thing that Bajan did do um, for anybody, not an undrafted rookie, for anybody, well, he only was sacked four times. Um, 
I don't want to see Justin sacked as much. I want the ball to come out or I want him to make a decision quicker uh, and, and to fit it in. I want, I want him to be more accurate and I, I, I want him to limit the turnovers. And then uh, finally, the last two points, I want better performances in the fourth quarter. I need that closing kick. I need um, him even in the Washington game. Um, when they had the big lead, they were almost giving it back. And, you know, that that one pass to DJ Moore went for a touchdown. It was close to an interception. And the performance wasn't great in the second half. The performance against Denver in the second half, even though there were other areas that weren't good and they blew the game because of those, the offense still could have been better. So better fourth quarter. And I need I need wins. Um and, and I, I looked at the schedule and something I brought up, Joey, on today's show was uh, there are, in my book, there are three or four games that they could and should win. And especially those games at the end, like you should beat Atlanta at home. You should beat the Cardinals at home. That Packers team sucks in my point, in, in, in my uh, view. That's the last game of the season. Can you win one of these next four, two against Detroit, one against Minnesota, and then that Cleveland game who's playing their third-string quarterback. Can you win one of those four? So if you can beat those three teams at the end, can you win one of these? Can you go four and three down the stretch? If he can and he can do those other things, not get sacked, not turn the ball over, doesn't have to throw for 300. I'm, I'm not quantifying he has to throw for 303 touchdowns. We'll know it. I've always said this. We'll know it when we see it. And we'll say, ooh. Lights on, Justin. Justin's getting it, and and I think we'll all we'll all understand it when we see it. No, I, th- those are some really valid points, and I, I think the biggest thing what I see from him this year when he's played is he's less reliant on his legs. When last year, right, if plays weren't there, especially when he went on that streak after Luke Getzey and him were on the same page, they got him running a little bit more. Now I'm not saying run like last year. But when a play breaks down, scramble for 10, scramble for 12, get out of bounds, slide. And I think that's where he gets really confident. And I think it may be a thing he's in his head. He's like, I have to sit back and prove that I'm this great pocket passer. But his greatest strength is his legs, you know, getting on the move, you know, being able to scramble. Then then it you have to keep a spy guy. You have to bring an extra rusher. All of a sudden, that frees some other people. So take advantage of your legs when opportunities are there, right? If something opens up, why not run the ball? So that's what I want to see him do in the second half, right? I don't I don't want to see the same amount of runs last year, but when the play is there, when you're able to scramble and, and the defense is giving you something, take that. You don't you don't always have to throw the ball and prove that you're this amazing pocket passer. What separates him and a guy like Jalen Hurts is their ability to, to run. So I think that's his greatest strength. Tap into that. Not, right. not, you don't go and get out of hand with it and get yourself injured like the year before, but be able to utilize that. Corey, I've always wanted to do uh, and find a way where we can look at it tangibly where early, I feel like early in a game when we see fields go for a nice run of 15 or 20 yards early, kind of like a basketball player going and getting a breakaway dunk or hitting his first couple jump shots, he sort of gets a lather going and it's what you mentioned about his confidence. So I think the point, the point's well said that like if you can just get him off, get him going with one of those runs, I feel like his passing gets more accurate that way. And um, 
And and absolutely, like you should never take away a player's best strengths simply because you want him to get better in another area. You should be able to find the the that line of where you can do both. Because if you're robbing someone of their greatest strength, um, while he you want him to get better in the pocket, you can still do both. Exactly. And, and a big a big thing I noticed too is the games he played well. They had some quick three-step rhythm throws, and he seemed to get very confident with that, throwing some darts in there to DJ Moore on those quick slants, quick outs. That's Those two things, that and running, gets his confidence up. And, and I think Luke Getze has to understand that, but not everything's going to be perfect play calling-wise, right? It is what it is. But I think some of those things, we get him on the move, the quick rhythm throws, all of a sudden, he looks that much more confident when you're doing that. Because even in the Green Bay game, the first game of the season, in that first half, he passed the ball pretty well. He looked pretty efficient. It was when the second half came that yeah. he looked all out of sorts, right? There were five-step drops, keeping him in the pocket. He was holding the ball a little bit too long. But in that first half, he looked pretty efficient throwing the ball. He was throwing some darts. So get back to some of that stuff because I think that's where he really gets confident. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's going to be super interesting here to see – it, because I like the one thing I've said is I don't think that they go over the top with their praise for him. So I really feel like it's an uphill battle at this point where he's almost got to reclaim the quarterback position and he's got to win them back over. Because I think if the season would end today, that polls is ready to draft a quarterback. Yeah, especially since it's not his guy either. So, right, right. You know, his new regime, he's like, oh, I'm not tied down to him at any, you know, there's people. Because the thing about Justin Fields, like, there's people that would trade for him in a heartbeat, right? He has so much talent, and somebody would be like, I can, I can make him great. I would love to have him. Um, so I guess I guess that's the part, like, when, when I'm thinking about it, right? Because I look at Tua, for example, right? Tua, they were ready to toss him to the side. He can't play. He can't throw. He's not efficient. And then all of a sudden, insert Mike McDaniel. Obviously, they have Tyreek Hill. But just look how much more efficient he's been these past two years. And the common denominator, right, is is the play caller. So that that's that's what's a little frustrating because I understand like you have to play in whatever whatever circumstance you're in. But I think that the play calling that's like and I said earlier is, is the most frustrating part because you see examples of of when a good player a good play caller comes in and then all of a sudden a player elevates his game to what he should be. Well, and I think to, this game will be interesting to watch Ben Johnson. I don't know how much you guys in the past have talked about Ben Johnson the play caller for Detroit, their offensive coordinator. He could have had a head coaching job last year. Like the two names that we've brought up the most is Ben Johnson and Jim Harbaugh. If they do make a coaching change, like I just love what Ben Johnson does and what he has done to make Jared Goff. Cause Jared, there's no way that Jared Goff should be a top three or top five passer in the NFL. I know he's the number one overall pick, but he was just a throw in a couple of years ago from the Rams McVay, who's a great play caller, was done with him. And he, he said, I can't win it all with him. And what Ben Johnson's been able to do with him and this offense and the balance with running and what they're, what they're able to do, I think it's – this, Corey, is going to be, for me, a good – just, like, watch the difference between the two styles. And I'm going to, like, lovingly watch <laughs> Ben Johnson here because I do, I do want a coaching change. Like, I'm very – very strong about that. I'm the same way. We're, we're on the same page with that. You know, yeah. I, I think it needs to be done. The, the thing, the thing that I am 
you know, I think there's been so many different schools of thought about drafting a quarterback. And, um, you know, I think ultimately, like you said, right, Ryan Poles is not his guy. So he's really considering all the options at this point. I'm just looking at it from a standpoint where I'm looking at, like, the best teams in the league, the most consistent, right? I look at Philly, like how they built that team, right, with a great offensive line, great defensive line, and San Francisco as well, same thing. And I think really people really sleep on the importance of defensive line. And look at the Bears the past two years, right? Defensive line, not able to generate pressure, not able to get off the field. You know, it's it just goes hand in hand sometimes. And I think defense really wins championships. And they'll say, well, it's, it doesn't translate to the offensive side. But what you're able to do is, is able to sack opposing quarterbacks, get the football back, get better field position. And so that's why I'm like, I'm kind of on the page of, hey, if Justin Fields continues to do well, I would love love to keep him. And that, that way you could free up some of your other needs. You got two first-round picks. You got some money in free agency. <clears throat> then you can address, you know, some of the defensive line. Get that three technique of the future. Get a, get a dominant pass rusher opposite sweat. And then all of a sudden that defensive line looks a lot better. And then your defense as a whole, that whole rushing cover, kind of like we had with Lovey Smith, everything works a lot better. And then you're able to have a top 10 defense. And then all of a sudden you're able to have a play caller and build some weapons, you know, additional weapons at receiver and offensive line as well. So um, that's why I'm really hoping he does well and, and he continues to prove his worth for this team in the future. So that way you can address other, other needs. We're here with Mark Silverman here on Believe in Bears. Uh, we've just got a quick minute to go with you. Uh, a couple of thoughts really quick from this awesome conversation the two of you are having. The first one is when Corey Wooten, Corey, when you said uh, Ryan Poles isn't Justin Fields' guy, I just had to laugh because it's like a no shit thing with the Chicago Bears. Who's whose guy? Honestly, they never do it in a contextual order. Um, fun little also tidbit was that actually I shot a music video last week. I'm in L.A., so forgive me. Shot a music video last week at Ben Johnson's old nice. house when he used to coach wow. for the Rams. And let me tell you guys, humble beginnings, not a Matt Nagy basement. I think he's got, he's got his nose in the book. I think it was a very, it was a very modest house, nice little backyard, little smoker. That's about it. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there as a little <laughs> characteristic of Ben Johnson as we watch him on Sunday. Um, my final one for you before we get out of here, uh, forgive me. I just want to go off the board here really quick because, you know, I, I'm born and raised uh, Chicago sports. Uh, if you cut me open, I bleed bear blood. Um, and I've just been kind of looking around lately. And these last couple of years, look, they've been really tough on Chicago sports. I don't know if Connor Bedard is scoring a goal right now, but it's just been, yeah. we, I feel like we're a little bit in the dark ages. So I wanted to ask you, you know, with your, your wealth, you've been around, you've seen it all. So I do want to ask you, there are two different eras in my lifetime that I find to be what we would call maybe golden eras of Chicago sports. And I just want to ask you which one you think it, you would prefer and which one you think is probably better. Um, they're not maybe perfectly symmetrical in timeline, but I'm going to throw them out to you. The first one is 1989 to 2000. Obviously, we've got Jordan titles. We've got six titles, eight conference finals, Cubs, two uh, appearances, three winning seasons, Sammy Sosa, White Sox, two MVPs, two playoff appearances, seven winning seasons, Blackhawks, eight playoff appearances, Bears, only three playoff appearances. And then we've had what we've just come off of, Mark, 2005 to 2018. We've got a White Sox World Series. We've got three cups from the from the Blackhawks. We've got a Cubs World Series. We got five playoff appearances from them. Three NFL Championship Series. One MVP. One Cy Young. I mean, the Bulls. You know, we had the Derrick Rose MVP. One Conference Finals, but again, eleven playoff appearances. We had one certain Corey Wooten during this particular era. So I want to ask you: Is it is it the titles 
MJ, which one did you think you probably enjoyed more? Which which one's more of the golden era of Chicago sports, in your opinion? It's a great question. Um, so so then you're kicking out the 85 Bears aren't a part of any of this. This is this no. Is, right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe. And even the 87 to 88 team, I kind of stopped there, too, as well, because yeah. obviously, yeah. So, so like I waited so long, I was in 16. What was I? So I was 40, 40, 45 years old when the Cubs won the world series. Like I waited so long for that. Like I was at game seven in Oh three, uh, the game after the Bartman game, I told myself I wasn't going to go. I was covering bears practice, uh, that day. I actually went with Jim Chrisman, Corey. I don't know if he was, uh, <laughs> one of the uh, PR guys back then, but I went to game seven. We sat in the first row of game seven in 03. So like I, I waited forever for the Cubs. I was at both the game seven of the 2016 world series. And it was at game four of the 05 world series when the white Sox won. Like, I feel like I'm in this really cool group. Um, I got to be at the, the Jordan last shot game. 1998, I was there covering it as a reporter, and I was a fan at the two clinching games for Chicago Sports World Series. Like, I don't think there's a big group of us who were at all three of those events. I feel like that's got to be a group of like 50 or less or 100 or less. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. <laughs> but I'm going to go like you can't you can't kick out Michael Jordan, you know, and I grew up in five <laughs> even before Michael. So I can't, that's like saying um, New York sports without Babe Ruth. You know, if you, if you can put the 27 Yankees in there, I, so I've got to take the, the 90, you, you had it in where I had all the nineties bulls, right? So give me 91 through 98. And then I've got those Hawks teams with Ronick and Chelios and, and, and those really good teams, um, you know, and I get the Waddle bears then. Um, there and there, right? Ooh, the Waddle era versus the Corey Wooten era. Ah, I right. see what we're doing no here. Offense, I, 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 yeah. I gotta go with my co host. I probably go yeah, 05 to 18, fine. right? This is what we do. This is what we do. Yeah, that's loyalty. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, but that's really good the way, like, and it's more balanced. Um, so, but, but yeah, because of the Bulls, I'm gonna just the dominance and probably the greatest team of all time and the greatest athlete of all time, I can't eliminate that one. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a no better to right ask. There. MJ, this is influence to this day. Look at the Jordan sneaker. My sister works for Jordan brand. Oh, he, They sell the same sneaker every year and like clockwork, it sells out like this. That's yeah. just like, he's he, he could spend all his money, gamble this, that, the other. He'll be set for life because of the, the amount of money Jordan sneakers generate because here, look, let me grab, let me grab the one of this here. I'll be right back. We got to get, we got to get a Wooten driver. I know. (laughs) But think about this. Any, no other players ever had a shoe that, that is sold like that ever. This is the first. I mean, Kobe tried, Shaq tried. Oh, I own that. I had that. Do you have the cereal in it though? Eat, no, but eat, I you got to eat it. <laughs> You'll be dunking in no time, man. Joey, we got a, we got a cereal off. I don't, but this does. <laughs> I got uh, my Rizzo. Right that, what's that from, 16 or 15? 
Yeah, I mean, this it's, is, from, it's from the Family Foundation. <laughs> I've got cereal in here from 1991. This is the yeah. 91 like I can't frame. Let's test the expiration date. Let's see if that's really. <laughs> I was going to say, we now know Tom Waddle's future demise. One day he wanders into this room hungry and he takes a bite of these Wheaties. And, and dies, we all yeah. know what happens next. <laughs> uh, Mark Silverman, man, such a, such a pleasure, man. Such an honor to have you on. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, you're, you're so busy. Uh, so just to carve out just a few minutes with us, we really appreciate it, man. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, um, it's Sylvie Strong. If you just Google that name, I'm sure you can figure out a great way to donate to any of the fantastic causes going in and around the Chicago area. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Hope we can do it again sometime. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate you, man. Thanks. You got man. it. See you guys. Appreciate you guys. Good yeah, talking you. to you. Take yeah, care. Yes, yeah, thank you okay. so much. Be well. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, Corey, man, that was Mark Silverman here on Believe in Bears. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up real quick, but before we go, uh, obviously, uh, our sponsor, betonline.ag, 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit, promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, thank you for watching us on Sports Talk Chicago or listening to us on SiriusXM or wherever you get your podcast. But, Corey, take us home, man. Close out the pod. Yeah. Maybe give us a couple of keys for this Detroit, this Bears-Lions yeah, game. I mean, sure. you know, throw for whatever sure. you want. Let the good I'll, people. I'll yeah, down. give it. Yeah, so this is another great week, Joey, and I always talk about that opportunities, right? This season has been so up and down with the Bears in general, with Justin Fields. He's been injured. Um, now here's an opportunity, right, where his back is a little bit against the wall, right? I think I think the fan base really doesn't believe in him, to, to be completely honest, right? I think I think most people do not believe in him right now. I think Poles is a guy that, that I talked earlier with, with Sylvie and you. This is not his guy, right? So Justin Fields really has to prove his worth on the Bears, right, at this point. And not only that, for even potential trade value, he could play lights out the rest of the season and polls are still like, you know what, Caleb Williams might be my guy or Drake May, any of those other quarterbacks. So Justin Fields, these next seven games are critical for his future, whether it's in Chicago or whoever that may be if there is a trade. So I want to see him do well. You know I'm a big fan of his. I think he has all the talent in the world. I think he's been handcuffed a little bit by the play calling. But here's an opportunity where, Joey, I just said like this. If they can get those rhythm throws, they get them on the move. Mm -hmm. when, when the plays are not there, right, have your three reads, tuck in and go at that point. Those strengths allow him to really flourish. And that's what separates him from anyway. Him and Lamar Jackson, same ability running the football. I think Justin Fields has a better arm, right? At times, the accuracy has been an issue. But the games he's done well, right? That Washington game, Denver game, was really accurate. So I'm just looking to see that growth with him. I would love to see him do well. I'd love him to be the quarterback of the future because I think once you continue to build this team, you know, add another weapon in the offseason, maybe strengthen the offensive line a little bit, really work on the defensive line, all of a sudden, you have some other options there. But... I'm not a big fan of going another quarterback. I think he has all the talent. I think there's going to be a new staff here next year. I think there's going to be a new coordinator for sure. So I'd love mm -hmm. to see him do well, right? To see him have options for next year, whether that's with the Bears or somewhere else. So this is a great opponent in Detroit. And they're, they're a, so their record, right? Seven, what, what are they? Two losses at this point, right? Um, the, the biggest Who, um... thing, what I... Detroit, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Detroit, they're seven and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven and two right now, right? 
So there's mm-hmm. a lot of holes in them defensively, right? They don't generate much pressure, and they've put up some points. Guys have put up points on them. So here's an opportunity, right, where you got all your offensive line back. You have a great run game. All of a sudden, you mix and max the play action. Here's a team that you can beat. So, Joey, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears win this one. I'm telling you because I think, <laughs> I think I think Detroit I think Detroit is overlooking Chicago right all their struggles this year they can't play mm-hmm. they they've kind of been up and down at times um, even though even though they've been winning a lot of games right we haven't seen um, the same consistency that we did last year with them right they're winning games but defensively I think there's some flaws there that offensively we can attack with the playmakers so I think it's a great opportunity you know I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears shock the world this week and, and, and win 28-21. I'm calling it. So I think it's an opportunity where th- th- I'm, I'm just thinking about it from a, from a standpoint of this season, right? Justin Fields, his back's against the wall. He can't play. You know, all of a sudden he comes out with that. Maybe it's coaching. And then the next week, what do we see? Better game planning, better calling. He plays. He rises to the occasion two weeks in a row. So I would not mm-hmm. be surprised, even though he hasn't played in a while, for him to come out and light it up because I think he, he realizes like his time might be limited here and I really have to showcase what I can do not only for this team but across the league so yeah like I said it I'm, I'm gonna say it here upset alert Bears 28 Lions 21 I uh I'm looking forward to seeing this game and who, who knows I could be completely off base but I got I got a feeling um especially you know sweat coming in the way they've been kind of playing, they rallied last week, even after they played terribly to win the game. Um, so I, I have a feeling with Justin back, it may reinvigorate this team because I think guys are excited of his playmaking ability and they're going to rise to the occasion. I think the guys like him. They want to see him do well. So I would not be surprised if the Chicago Bears shocked the world this week, Joey. I mean, Corey, if the Bears beat the Lions, I mean, look, what a galvanized win that would be in so many different levels and different ways and when we're talking about these final seven games you know Justin playing well is one thing Justin playing well and the Bears winning really sets the stage for a really interesting last final seven weeks and look you know from where I stand I think here on Believe in Bears I you know I think everyone wants the answer right now are you in on Justin Fields are you out on Justin Fields you know Corey man as a former player you know this better than anyone else we got games left to play all right we have a lot to learn there's more evidence to gather there's more things to think about and take into account with justin fields and look i'm rooting for the guy i really want him to play well and man what better way than to take that first step and honestly yeah surprise a lot of people i think they're not half point underdog right now i don't know if that's to get to a double digit number um uh, yeah i know everyone looking past the chicago bears right now every single person um and, and what better way to just get at this next seven game stretch off than than going out there and winning oh man yeah. oh man i can't even i can't even imagine yeah say so, i'm gonna say it here joey shock the world and uh you know everybody thinks i'm a homer for justin fields and all this but i, I honestly just think detroit's overlooking him and this is kind of a a, a little bit of a trap game for them right Think about this. He's played well You're against going, them, Corey. He's he's got good it, it, career numbers against Detroit. Exactly. And that defense hasn't changed that much. Joey, he's like a wounded animal right now, right? Your back is against the wall. You have, you know, everyone's telling you you can't play and all this. He's got nothing to lose at this point. So I think he's gonna come out guns blazing. You know, make some good throws. Allow his allow his feet to really take him to where he needs to be. 
really utilize that. So I would not be shocked. You know, I, I really would not. Oh, man, that'll do it here for Believe in Bears. Be well, we say please be good to each other. Thank you so much for tuning in. We got more great guests coming up next week, just before Thanksgiving. So make sure you come back. And hopefully, we were talking, Wootstradamus here. Hopefully, we're talking about a Chicago Bears win right here on Believe in Bears. Tune in, bear down, be safe. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.